Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Give your attention and um, your uh, focus and your faith. Yeah, give your faith to this guy right here. Because I, I definitely believe that what he's about to say is literally has the potential to change your life forever. Come on. All right. I'll take that. Honesty for days. He's like, I barely know you. (laughs) I love that. Well, just to continue on what Dylan was saying about my baby. So I I just have to brag on on Mila for a moment. First off, just look over and just say, aw. She's so cute. Even though her headband is now around her neck, it looks like some weird Parisian scarf thing. And it still looks cute. Um, so I have, to, I have to share one of my favorite things about Mila before we actually got to meet Mila. Even in utero, she was like a joy experience. Um, in utero, it means when they're still in your tummy for all of those of you. You're like, what the heck does that mean? Um, so uh, anyways... Everybody knows or has heard maybe that when women are pregnant, they become pretty emotional. Like, well, not necessarily that they're more or less emotional, but the stability of their emotions are kind of like a little in whack because they have all these hormones that are in their body to help them make the baby, which is a good thing. So it is a good thing, I promise. <laughs> but so everybody, it's, it's kind of like this, this uh, accepted rule that when your wife is pregnant, kind of brace for the worst. You know, it's like you're going to see some really bad stuff, you know. They're going to go psycho, and they're going to want to eat pickles every second of the day, and they're going to, you know, like, well, first off, I have to just say, Christina actually never had one craving during that pregnancy, which is kind of crazy. So, yeah, give it up for that fine lady over there. Not one weird, strange craving. She doesn't like pickles to begin with, so if she asked for pickles, I'd probably be a little concerned. So, Um, no, but one of the things, well, I'll say for the most part, because I don't want to exaggerate, but uh, her... She rarely, I'll put it that way, that's more accurate, she rarely had a negative emotional swing. In fact, the part that she lost control of her emotions was in the joy realm. So she would start laughing and couldn't, start, couldn't stop laughing, and she'd start crying because she was laughing so much, and she couldn't control the joy. It was like the funniest thing ever. She just, she was like in the, umber, like it was inside of her, just joy bubbling up. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like Mila was like having dance parties inside her, her tummy. And the joy was just too much. It was literally one of the most funny things because Christina would just start laughing, and I was just like, see you in 20 minutes. Because, like, she wouldn't be able to stop. She's like, ha, 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 which if you haven't seen Christina laugh, it, it, like, heals the heart. It's, like, one of the coolest things ever. And she does this weird, like, she's double-jointed, and she flops her arms like this. It's really fun. So, anyways, I got to stay on track because I, apparently you guys have school, which isn't important. Okay, fine. All right, I'll take your whole evening. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, it's kind of funny because I was, I was, uh, as Dylan was introducing me, I, I feel like I have like this energy like pumping through my veins right now. And I think it's because we hit that sweet groove right there at the end. Anybody else just like grooving? I, I wrote a rap. I did. It's on my phone. You guys want to hear it? You ever heard a white man rap before? You ever heard a white man rap before? Yep. I'm just Oh, who? Oh, there we go. 
rap battles and everything. Well, I'm going to share my rap because I think my rap kind of wraps up my story for this evening. <laughs> Sorry, I've been informed that I'm actually not that funny, so I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't have a beat, so how do we rectify that? Just freestyle? Oh, my God. Just the same beat we were rolling. All right. Okay. Could you, could you give me synth with your mouth and a beat and a little bit of strumming of the guitar? Can you do that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here, I'll give it to you. Apparently, this is how you freestyle. That's what I have Josiah consulting me in the back. He's saying, you just got to let it go. You ready? This is fresh off the press. It's not polished. It's just raw. Straight from the heart. You ready? I think I, let me see if I can get a beat for him. I just got to get the, the, the rhythm here. Oh, Collins. Collins going to back me up. <laughs> it was, it's that, te- that tempo. Boom, 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 boom. Just It's a little faster than that, but in my head, mind you. You know what? I'm just going to freestyle without a beat. We got this. Here you go. (laughs) Hold on. I'll start rapping, and if you catch my beat, you can jump in. How about that? You guys ready for this? It's not long. It's 30 seconds, maybe. You ready? Here we go. I was dead. I was lost in sin, but then Jesus Christ and his blood came in. He picked me up and cleansed me. Then he turned me around. And now the voice that once was silent has been given a sound. I said, no longer a victim, and I'm no longer the foe. Because the freedom of my Savior has now opened the door. And now I choose to live, and now I choose to die. And if I ever feel boxing, I know that it is a lie. Because I'll never be the same again. I said, yeah, I'll never be the same again. Ah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Encore? Encore? No, no I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Wow, all right, all right. Lost some friends and made some all in one moment. Okay. I just want to let you know, it takes a lot of guts to rap. I'm just saying. Especially, never mind, I'll just leave it at that. All right. So tonight, I have the privilege of kicking off a series with you guys called Own It, which, if you didn't realize, I just owned that rap. You know what I'm saying? So I just owned it straight up. I, I, so I, I, what I love about this concept of own it is you're going to be given the opportunity to own your life for the rest of your life. Did you know that? That opportunity will never leave you. You'll get the opportunity to choose tonight to own your life. You'll get the opportunity to choose tomorrow to own your life. You'll get the opportunity when you're 65 and retired to still own your life. It never leaves you, that opportunity. So what I wanted to kind of share tonight with you guys is what does it look like to own your life? Everybody say, bum, bum, bum. (laughs) All right, so I want to share with you guys a a quick little story. So there's this thing called the Bing Nursery School Experiment. That sounds fun, right? No, actually, it's not funded by Bing. Okay, I'm a Google Google fan myself. Down with the bingers. Anyway, in this nursery school experiment, what they basically did is they took these little kids that are like five to eight years old, and they marched them into this little room, just a little bit bigger than a closet, sat them down as a a scientist walked in with a little kid, sat them down at a table, and just stuck one marshmallow on the table right in front of them. And they told the kid, 
All right. This is how it works. If you eat this marshmallow, then that's the only marshmallow that you get. But if you wait until I come back, I'll give you two marshmallows. So they just set the marshmallow down in front of the kid, and then they shut the door, and then they walked out. Now, here's the crazy thing. 70% of those little kids ate that marshmallow in 30 seconds or less. How many of you guys, you're like, that would have been me. All right. Okay, maybe we picked the wrong crowd. You, you want to know what they said? This is a really funny thing. They said that this experiment would not work with today's society because everybody's all diet conscious and they have allergies and whatnot. So it's like, oh, sugar's not good for my frame. Oh, come on. Eat the marshmallow, for goodness sakes. Right? So 70% of these kids, little kids, mind you, ate the marshmallow in 30 seconds or less. 30% of them waited. You want to know how, they had to lo- how long they had to wait until they got another marshmallow? 15 minutes. Can you imagine a five-year-old waiting 15 minutes to eat sugar? That feels like an eternity. It's like 15 minutes. And anyway, so what they, what, they were, what they were discovering in this whole experiment was basically the level of self-control that children have and how we're, like, raised in self-control. I shared that story with you because I'm going to reference it a couple times throughout the rest of my message. So um, what that might look like for you guys now is more like you have your phone in your pocket and it buzzes while you're having a conversation with somebody. And you can wait to answer the phone and finish the conversation or you can just whip it out in the middle of the conversation and be like, hold on one second. All right, what were you saying? Like some of us that maybe is a little bit more applicable than the marshmallow thing. In fact, uh, uh, here's another good one. Anybody, this is probably way before most of you guys, but there was this amazing movie released in 1994 called Blank Check. (laughs) Yes, yes, Blank Check, anybody? You guys ready for this? This is the coolest movie ever. I remember growing up, I was like, I want to have a blank check. Then I realized it doesn't quite work like that, but it's Hollywood, you know, whatever. So this little kid, basically uh, a really rich man, well, I guess he was decently wealthy, backs up and runs over his car, his bike, the little kid's bike. And so the guy was in a rush, and what he ended up doing is he just wrote a check and signed it and gave it to the kid, and he said, just buy yourself a new bike. But he didn't put the amount in the check, hence the blank check. So the kid, being the smart kid growing up in 94, decided... I'm going to write the check for a million dollars and cash it. So he did. And the rest of the money, it's like he has all this money, or the rest of the movie, he has all this money, and he just buys everything that he wants. All impulses, desires, and feelings are all immediately gratified because he got a million dollars. He ends up buying a house. He ends up getting this, like, cool water slide that, like, goes into a pool. Then he has, like, this whole room. Do you guys remember the room with the TVs? It's like... 20 feet tall by like 40 feet wide with like all these TV screens. It was like every kid's dream. You're like, dang. But you want to know like the whole, the whole thing got him in trouble. You want to know why? Because he didn't exercise self-control with that million dollars. And the feds came after him and ended up, you know, whatever. That's the end of the story. But he lived it up while he had the opportunity. And just like in blank check, just like with the marshmallow, just like whenever you get a text message in your phone, we're all presented with obstacles throughout every single day. And every obstacle is a choice. It's, in fact, you could call it an opportunity, if you will. So we have all these different scenarios that are just like putting a marshmallow in front of us. And we can take the marshmallow or we can wait and get something even better. You guys following what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So I was nice enough to create a wonderful little acronym to carry with us for the rest of the series. And the acronym is OWN IT. 
<laughs> oh, killer. All right, so the first one, if you want to take notes, if you're into that sort of thing, I know that you guys can't use your phones, but maybe if you can practice self-control, you can take notes on your phone without looking at Facebook or whatever. So the first letter, O, is opportunity. You're presented with opportunities all the time, and those are like the marshmallows, okay? Here's the W. The W is the question, who or what has control over my life when I meet that opportunity? So really, if we just boil it down, there's only two options for the things that rule you. Option number one, sin. Option number two, anybody know the answer? Jesus. Jesus, in fact, is always the correct answer if you just try hard enough. <laughs> all right, you guys are not so, all right, maybe I'm not that funny. All right, here we go. Sin or Jesus. So how does sin control my life? Well, basically, Romans 3, you got, you got born into it. Right when you came out of the womb, even though Mila is like the cutest little joyful little baby, she was born into sin just like the rest of us. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around when you see something so beautiful. You're like, oh, it's like the cutest little ball of sin I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> One day, she's going to encounter Jesus and make the decision on her own to give her life over to him. But until then, she's in the present struggle that most everybody is in until they meet Jesus, which is a struggle of, I, I'm a, I have a sin nature. So it's, it's how we all begin, and, and it's a struggle that we carry, that, that we are stuck in, more or less. So... What that looks like is our flesh is making all of our decisions. How many of you guys know the flesh just basically does whatever the heck it wants? Any of you guys just do whatever the heck you want? There we go. Yeah, dog, I feel you. You may not like the rest of this message, but thanks for being honest. <laughs> just kidding. It'll be good. All right? So our flesh leads us, our flesh compels us, and it rules over us. Our flesh when we're in our sin nature, just makes all of our decisions. And our flesh is really fickle. Sometimes it wants to do good things. Sometimes it wants to do bad things. It never has made up its mind. It's just all over the place. And its propensity, meaning it's normal, is to choose wrongly. Everybody say, my flesh chooses wrong more than it does right. All right? So that's a problem. How many of you guys want to do right things? Not just wrong and right, but righteous things, okay? Things that bless the Lord. Things that look like the Lord. So option number two, the other thing that can rule your life is Jesus, right? So how does Jesus control my life? Any of you guys ever thought about that? Like it feels kind of weird to say that Jesus rules my life. Anybody ever just like, that's, that, that kind of sounds a little bit weird. Anybody? I remember whenever I was your guys' age, it just didn't sound appealing to me for somebody to rule my life. Because, I mean, you're like, I want to be free. Well, here's the thing is when Jesus, when it, what it means for Jesus to rule your life, it means that he actually bought you from sin, the power that sin had over you. He purchased you, and he, he bought your freedom, and then he gives it back to you. It's like a pretty cool thing that happens, and it takes a lot of trust. How many of you guys are like 11 or 12? Any 11 or 12-year-olds? Isn't it kind of crazy that Jesus trusts you enough to give you back all your freedom? It's kind of crazy. I remember when I was 11, I made a lot of dumb decisions. But I know that I'd, I had made them all out of freedom. Jesus was like, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Doing whatever I want isn't always the best thing. So basically what happens is the way that we recognize Jesus' control over our life is that we recognize that he went on a divine shopping spree and he bought everybody. It's like Jesus had like a credit card with no limit and, and his blood was the, the currency. And when he swiped it, he bought all of us back from sin. It's pretty nice of him, right? 
So this is the way that we give control in our life to Jesus, or how we make that transfer, is we just recognize that he bought me, you. You can put your hand on yourself say, Jesus bought me. He paid for me. That divine shopping spree, I was in the basket. <laughs> okay? So what happens when we recognize this whole thing this is what we call salvation. How many of you guys have given your life to Jesus? How many of you haven't given your life to Jesus? A few hands in the room. You're trying. Well, we're going to go there tonight. You ready for it? So what happens when we recognize Jesus, you are the son of God. You came, you lived on the earth, you died on a cross for my sins. You bought me in your divine shopping spree, and now I want to live for you. That is the confession of faith, meaning that is when we take all of that, that stuff where our flesh and our sin has ruled our lives. We transfer the ownership over to Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus does something really crazy. And he says, you know when you were trying to be good but you couldn't be good? Well, now I'm going to give you something so that you can be good. And it's called self-control. Now, you want to know what self-control does? Self-control is not a scary word. How many of you guys think that's a scary word? It's kind of like patience when people are like, just be patient. And you're like, don't talk to me. Anybody ever been there? Okay. Self-control. Anybody ever had your parents be like, I think you need to exercise self-control? And you're like, don't talk to me. We kind of we do it the same, the same way. We, kinda, we, we think that it's like a control mechanism. But here's the thing that's crazy about self-control. And this is what makes following Jesus even more necessary to have a relationship and connection with him than simply just saying a prayer and coming to church and doing really cool, fun things like it looks like we're going to have some really fun food to eat afterwards. It seems like you guys always have the coolest food on Wednesday nights, by the way. I just want to let you know, I did not get any of that whenever I grew up in youth group. We had like neon lights and some weird painting of Jesus on the wall, and I thought we were like the coolest thing ever. But you guys get food. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? <laughs> so this is what self-control is. All right, I'm going to give you the definition of self-control. Self-control is restraint exercised over one's own impulses, emotions, or desires. I think a better thing to say is not just restraint, but power that is exercised over our desires, our emotions, and our impulses, okay? So there's a difference between human self-control and divine self-control. So for everybody in the room that you said you gave your life to Jesus, raise your hand again. All right, say, I have divine self-control. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to hear about human self-control first because, contrary to popular belief, it's not purely a fruit of the Spirit. All right, here you go. Number one, human self-control. This is the thing that makes it really difficult. Human self-control is basically trying to teach a really bad thing to do less bad things. Does that make sense? Here, I'll put it like this. I like that it doesn't make sense because it makes me have to teach better. You ready? So anybody ever seen like a dog that bites people? All right. Now, tell me, is it helpful to teach the dog to bite people less? No. What, what's, what's the problem? The dog's still biting people, right? You know what happens when dogs bite people? They get put down. We'll put it nicely. In Oklahoma, we take them out back and we... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's where I'm from, but I'll, I'll leave that out. <clears throat> I'll edit this message, make it PG rated. So it's not very helpful to teach a biting dog to bite less. In fact, the only thing that you can do is just to get a new dog, right? 
That's ultimately what happens. Whenever a dog's biting, what has to happen? You have to give up that dog and you get a new dog. I know you don't like it, but it's it's the reality. So this is kind of like what salvation is. Everybody follow me? You raising your hand? What if it's trying to protect you? Well, I think what I'm about to share might answer that question. You want to follow me for a second? All right. So a biting dog is not very helpful if it's biting less. Why? Because dogs aren't supposed to bite. All right? Maybe in the case when they're protecting you, that is a good thing. But instead, you get a new dog. Now, the new dog, what? Everybody loves the dog because it's warm, it's fuzzy, it licks you all over the face, which maybe you may or may not like that. It doesn't poop in the house. It's potty trained. I mean, it's like the dog. You know what? And this dog, you don't have to worry about teaching it not to bite. You just have to worry about teaching this dog how to do even more good things. So what do you do? You teach your dog how to play dead. Bang. And you watch it and you like roll over. And then you're like, high five. And the dog jumps. So like you basically teach this good dog more good and awesome things. Does that make sense? This is kind of like what happens pre-salvation, before we give our life to Jesus, and then after we give our life to Jesus. So before we give our life to Jesus, we can exercise self-control, but it's like trying to teach a bad dog to bite less. It's not going to really help so much because no matter what, the bad dog is a bad dog. Everybody follow me? But when we, when we are saved, when we say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I recognize that you came on this earth. You lived on this earth. You died on a cross for my sins to give me my freedom. I don't want to live in sin anymore. I want to know what freedom feels like. Jesus comes in, and he takes our bad, our, our heart, that stony heart. It's like a bad heart. He takes it. He pulls us out. It's like a bad dog. Pretend your spirit's like a bad dog. He pulls it out, and then he gives you a good dog. I hope, Jesus, that you're helping me on this one. So. He gives you a good dog, okay? What he does is that good dog is called your new nature. Everybody say, new nature. New nature. Meaning completely and totally new. All right? So this is divine self-control. Divine self-control at this point is I now have an inherently righteous nature, meaning I am actually good. Just in a moment, just after confessing that Jesus is Lord, that he's died for my sins, every bad thing about you, sorry, every bad thing about you gets taken away in a moment and you are made completely and totally new. Everything's good. How many of you guys, it almost seems too good to believe. Well, welcome to the gospel. That is like... The cool part about Jesus is he doesn't play games and he doesn't do things halfway. If he's going to take something away, he's going to give something back, and it's always going to be better. It's always an upgrade. All right? So that's divine self-control. And in this thing, it's just like teaching a good dog tricks. It just makes you more good, more awesome. So when when we're saved, we just learn all these new tricks, and those tricks are called the fruits of the Spirit. You guys know those? Galatians 5, love, joy, peace. Self-control. Whoa, how did that one sneak in there? Self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Self-control, is this, the fruit of self-control is when Jesus says, I bought your freedom, I bought everything that, that you were in, and now I'm going to give you your freedom back. Self-control says, now I can own my life. That's kind of a cool feeling, huh? Like, I, I, don't, I don't have to blame anything on anybody else anymore. I'm not a victim anymore. Everything that I experience from here on out, it's all because I made that decision. It's kind of like a big, weighty responsibility. We'll get into that in just a second. So here's the N, new nature. Everybody say new nature. So let's just go through. O is opportunity. W is who has control over my life. N is 
new nature. All right. So new nature. This is if you guys, man, did you guys have you guys have your Bibles with you? You can open your Bible if you want. This is good. Good scripture here. Turn your Bible to Second Corinthians five. I'm flying through this here, so hopefully I can be done in just 10 minutes. Okay, so Paul says this really crazy, scandalous thing, and this, I'm just going to read it to you. He says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, meaning we don't look at other Christians as bad dogs anymore. Okay, we don't look at each other like that. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. If you gave your life to Jesus, you're not the bad dog. You're the good dog now. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The bad part of you got taken out back and shot in the head and put down in the dirt. Whoops, that was the Oklahoma version. It just slipped right out. And the new cute little puppy just got brought in with his cute little bow on its head, and you get to feed it. And Maybe you guys don't like puppies. Maybe you're more like kitten people or whatever. We got some cat lovers in our school, and it's really challenging my ability to love. <laughs> okay. So what Paul is saying, what Paul is saying in, the, in this passage of Scripture is, let everybody raise your hand again if you said you gave your life to Jesus. Okay. Now look around the room. Keep your hand up. Okay. Now when we see all those people, it's like looking at a bunch of cute little puppies. And, and what, do cute, what do cute little puppies do? You want to hang around them. You want to hold them. You want to interact with them. I mean, let's not talk about the other things. Because sometimes, let's be honest for a moment, sometimes cute little puppies do puppy little things. Like they make messes and they pee and they poop and they, they bite things that they shouldn't bite. And they eat things they shouldn't eat. And there's all sorts of things. It's in the same way. When, when, when Jesus came and he gave us a new nature, we still might find ourselves making messes and doing other things, but it's not because it's who we are. Everybody hear me? It's not because it's who we are. It's because, yeah, there's like, we're used to it. It's like a stronghold. It's like a pattern. I guess the best way to put it is your nature is completely changed, but you still have this thing right here called a body. Everybody say, I'll always have a body. <laughs> and I look good. <laughs> All right? So... That, that flesh, that flesh, this is the flesh that we're talking about. It's going it, to, remember what we said earlier, it's going to cause you to want to make wrong choices, bad decisions. It's going to cause you to want to pee where you shouldn't pee, poop where you shouldn't poop, chew on the things that you shouldn't be chewing on. Everybody following me? Hopefully I'm not totally losing you on this analogy. I was not planning on using that, but it just seems to work. So not only are we, not only am I made new when I gave my life to Jesus, but everyone else who gave their life to Jesus is made new also. And all we're doing is waiting for all the bad dogs to realize that Jesus is ready to turn them into a good dog whenever they want to. And that's called salvation, right? Okay? So the, the, the fun thing is when in our new nature, it means that the fear of sin, meaning we don't have to be afraid of doing wrong anymore. It's been broken over our lives, and we've been given power to live. Anybody ever heard the scripture? It says, for God gave us a spirit. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of Self-control, sound mind. One translation says self-control. So it's like Jesus is saying, you don't have to be afraid anymore of making bad decisions. You don't have to be afraid of being the bad dog because you're a good dog now. And now 
You've been given power, meaning you have authority to own your life. You've been given love, meaning you can look just like me. God is love. And I've given you self-control, meaning you can make that choice every day in every opportunity. That's good news, right? Yes? Yes? All right. So Jesus purchased us with his death, and in us he bears the fruit of self-control. So if you want, Galatians 5 is where it talks about that, Um, the fruit of self-control. Here's the eye. You ready? It's like a double eye. Illuminate your identity. Say, illuminate my identity. <laughs> I kind of stuttered on that one. Identity. Okay, identity. All right? So what this means right here in the own it process. So we've got obstacles. We've got who's in control. We've got new nature. Illuminate identity. This means this self-control thing, it's not just something in your mind. Okay? It's not just oh, I'm powerful, and now I can make good decisions. It's actually something that you demonstrate, you illuminate, you bring it into the light. So as we are a new nature, we actually get to show people the power that we have. You, know, you want to know what that looks like? It looks like a change in our language, where now we don't say things like, well, it wasn't really my fault, or we don't say things like, well, it just happened to me that way, or, well, I didn't mean to get up late, or you guys understand what I'm saying? How many of you guys say that stuff right now? Let's be honest. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us do at some point or another. Right? How many of you guys have ever made an excuse in your lifetime? All right. You want to know what that's called? You ready for it? Here comes, a little, here comes a little spiritual spanking. That's called a lack of self-control. When you make an excuse. All right? Any of you guys ever done blame shifting? Yep. Ooh. Any of you guys ever tried to explain something away when somebody's like, that hurt my feelings, and you're like, well, what you didn't understand because what I was really trying to do was blah, 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 blah. Anybody ever done that? Ooh, man, we're like hitting it on the money. Any of you guys ever complained about something before? Oh, another lack of self-control. How many of you guys, how many of you guys have ever said, well, it wasn't my choice? Oh, Lack of self-control. Oh, man, I got one more. I don't think you guys can handle this one more. You ready? How many of you guys, oh, this, I can feel it. How many of you guys have ever pretended something? <laughs> Meaning your face and your insides were different. You know what that is? A lack of self-control. Oh, how many of you guys have ever pretended to be a princess? That's what she was saying. I pretended to be that. <laughs> Me too. No, just All right. <laughs> okay. So going back to illuminate our identity. So this is the cool thing. Is Romans 8, it, it, it tells us this really neat truth. And it says, for all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. So... Every, once again, I'm just going to have you guys recognize this a million times tonight. How many of you guys gave your life to Jesus? Raise your hand. Okay, you are now considered a son of God or a daughter of God. That's, a, that's good news. Okay? And it happened as simply as you just saying, I believe in Jesus. Now, this is how the sons of God are revealed in the earth, is we demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. And one of those is self-control. So when we make the decision starting tonight to begin to own our life, when we show up in the morning and we say, 
Every decision that I make is all on me. If I'm, up on, if I'm up late, it's only my fault. If I don't do good on a test, it's only my fault. If I have a, uh, a problem in a relationship with someone, I have to own it. This is how we begin to own our lives is we exercise the fruit of self-control. Say, I can own it. All right? You've been given the fruit of, of self-control. So our identity is found in Christ. So th- this is the cool part is it's not just like we have to willpower ourselves into it. Like, I just got to do better. I got to own my life. But Galatians 2, it tells us something really neat. It says it's actually not us that lives anymore. It's Jesus Christ living through us. How many of you guys know Jesus is perfect? Man, isn't that good news? Aren't you glad that somebody, like somebody, not just anybody, Jesus a perfect person is living inside of you trying to get out. You know what that means? That means that your normal bent after giving your life to Jesus is for perfect things to come out of you. That's pretty exciting. Not just, not just like good things, not just like awesome things, but like perfect things. The perfect nature of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know, I'll just give you a perfect example and then I'll be ending. You ready? This morning I got into an accident on the way to church. And I got the opportunity to exercise the fruit of self-control. You want to know what happened? It was actually just right over here. I'll give it to you briefly because I can tend to be a storyteller. There was a lady stopped with her left blinker on. So I passed on the right and she turned right. Okay? It was horrible, right? Now everything inside of you is kind of like, well, she had her left blinker on, blah, 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 blah. But I go back and I remember whenever I was 16 doing my driver's test, that it is illegal to pass on the right. Did you guys know that? If you're not there yet, you'll know. It's illegal to pass on the right. So even though she had her left blinker on, even though there was tons of room for me to go, even though all those reasons were going on, I had an opportunity to own it. So this lady gets out of the car, and she is trembling. I mean, understandably, I just ran right into her. (laughs) She's scared. I get out of the car, and you want to the first thing I said to her? are you okay? I'm sorry. That was totally my fault. You want to know what she did? She just looked at me like, what? You are crazy. Because if, as you get older, you'll learn. Nobody ever tells the truth in car accidents. It's kind of like a really sad thing. Everybody's always scared that the other person's going to lie so that they don't have to pay money. I walked straight up to that lady and I said, it's totally my fault. And she's shaking and she's trying to call 911 and it's like fumbling all over the place. And I just real calmly, I was just like, you know what? I've got a different number, better number. I call the cops. They come. I just walk right up to the police officer. Totally my fault. I just want you to know I have no interest in trying to defend myself. And this cop looks at me, and he's like, what? <laughs> so he just takes my stuff, and he, like, tells the lady, I'll be right back. And he just writes a ticket, uh, like uh, the accident report, and just hands it back. And you want to know what this did? This is the cool part, is because I was willing to own my life, own my decision, even though I had plenty of reasons to be angry about it, what happened I could have said, well, it just happened to me. It just happened that she had her left blinker on and turned into me. So it could, it should be, you know, whatever. But I chose to own it. This lady goes, well, where were you headed? I said, well, I was actually headed over to Life Center. And she goes, oh, I love Life Center. I used to go to Life Center. I, like, love Jesus. And she just starts, I need to go back to church. I've been having some health problems. And I just know that, I, like, Jesus is the one who can heal me. And I was like, wow. So in, in that moment, What happened was there was a revealing of my identity because I exercised self-control. I didn't try to defend myself. I just said, you know what, lady? I'm really angry, but I'm going to own it because this is my mess. 
You guys know how powerful that is in your life when you own your life around other people? You want to know what happens is fear goes way down. We don't have to be scared of each other when we're all saying, I'm going to own my life. If I hurt you, I'm not going to blame it on my past. I'm not going to blame it on my genetics. I'm not going to blame it on you. I'm going to say, oh, that's my bad. What can I do to fix that? That is life-changing, all right? Here's the last thing, the T. Tune in and take control. This is the cool part about the experiment. You want to know what they said was the most effective part of the experiment for the 30% that made it? They stopped looking at the marshmallow and started focusing on something else. Seems like a no-brainer, but apparently 70% were just staring at the marshmallow going, I will not eat you. 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 All right? 30%, they said, started looking down at the floor, at their, at, their, at their toes. They started looking around the walls. They just distracted themselves. They put their attention on something else. And this is how we can own our lives as well. Is one of the, one of the major downfalls that we can make when we, when we give our lives to Jesus is we just look at sin and say, I will not sin. I will not sin. I will not do that. I will not do that. But instead, what we're invited to do is take our direction, turn our, turn our distraction from the marshmallow into affection for Jesus. Now, this is, this is what I want to say, because I don't want it to make it, like, super religious that you leave here going, like, oh, i got to do all these crazy things. This is all I'm saying is stop letting yourself be thinking about, I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Start thinking about what you want to do. Instead of, I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings. Say, I want my friend to feel so loved by me today. Instead of, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Be like, I want my parents to be so excited today. Instead of saying, I don't want to fail that test. Say, I'm going to do as good as I can on that test. It, it takes all of our attention off the marshmallow and puts it on the prize, which 15 minutes later, which isn't really that long of a period of time, you get double what you were waiting for. Yep, now you got three marshmallows. So tune in and take control. So what I love um, here, I'll just read it to you. This is straight from the little experiment, and then, I, and then I'll finish here. So it says, what then determines self-control in this experiment? The scientist's conclusion, based on hundreds of hours of observation. Can you imagine some scientists watching little kids eat marshmallows for hundreds of hours? (laughs) Hundreds of hours of observation was that the crucial skill was strategic allocation of attention. Meaning they were really thinking about what they were going to look at other than the marshmallow. Well, I'm here to tell you guys it's pretty simple. You just look at Jesus. All you got to do is stop looking at the sin and you look at Jesus. Okay, strategic allocation of attention. Instead of getting obsessed with the marshmallow, the patient children distracted themselves by covering their eyes, pretending to play hide-and-seek underneath the desk, or singing songs from Sesame Street. Now listen to this. It says, their desire wasn't defeated. It was merely forgotten. So if you're thinking about the marshmallow and how delicious it is, and how delicious it is, then you're delicious, whatever I said. I, I know it wasn't delicious. If you're thinking about the marshmallow and how delicious it is, then you're going to eat it. Like the cookie monster. So the key is to stop thinking about it in the first place. So who has our attention? Jesus has our attention. This is from Paul again. It says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Meaning, if all I'm doing is thinking about what other people think, then I'm I'm missing the whole point of my assignment. I've been given a new nature to look and give my affection, my affection and my attention to Jesus. How many of you guys 
don't want to just worry about what everybody else thinks all the time. All right, so we just change our attention and we just give it back to Jesus. The best use of our self-control is not to focus on what we desire to resist, but to steer our attentions and affections to the Lord. All right, last thing. You guys ready? So with self-control comes this huge thing. It's called the responsibility of freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom is like the blank check. You can put in however much you want to that blank check, but how you steward that blank check is what's called self-control. All right? So I want to remind you, Paul tells us again in Galatians 5, it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So in your self-control, you can actually choose to go back and do sin again. That's your choice. You can keep doing it. But what that means is that it's always on you. I can only blame myself if I make bad decisions, but I also can, can encourage myself when I make good decisions. So I want to encourage you guys, as t- tonight we're going to be signing a little certificate thing for you guys. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be making a declaration that from today on, I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to grumble. I'm not going to try to explain myself away, but what I'm going to do is when I'm faced with an opportunity, I'm going to choose to own my life. I'm telling you guys what, there are people in their 50s and 60s who still don't know how to own their life. Real talk. You guys ready for it? If you guys can get this at your age, you will literally be decades ahead of most people walking around on the face of the earth. That's huge. That's huge. All right, so I'm going to read to you guys Give me one of those certificates, Dylan. I'll just read that real quick. So from the moment that we receive Christ, the responsibility of freedom is now in our hands. And this means no more excuses, no more explanations, no more blame shifting, no more complaining, no more feeling like a victim, no more pretending. But it also means all the more power to own my life. Jesus gave me freedom to own my life. So... Let's just go through this, the, the acronym one last time. I'm just trying to get out of here. You ready? O is obstacle. W, or opportunity. W is who has control, right? N is new nature. I, illuminate my identity. And T, tune in and take control. All right? Tune in and take control. So what I have for you guys is this little declaration of freedom in Christ. Now, what I want to invite is anybody in the room who has not given your life to Jesus. Tonight couldn't be a better night. This is the night where you get to take back all that, that uh, you get to make a powerful decision right now in this moment. I believe like the grace of Jesus is in this room. And what you're saying is, I'm not going to just let my life happen to me anymore, but I'm going to happen to my life. That's what self-control says. It makes the switch. It says, from now on, everything that happens in my life, it's on me. And I, here's the cool part about self-control. You ready? If you don't have self-control, that means that you can't change either. Self-control says, I can change. That's good news. How many of you guys want to be mean for the rest of your life? Not me. Whenever I recognize that I'm being mean to somebody, I'm going to be like, I want to change that. And I have been given a spirit of self-control to help me do that. So here's a little declaration of freedom in Christ. I'm going to read it to you guys. And then I'm going to give you the opportunity because it's your choice to sign it or not. Now, I want to tell you, I, I signed probably 20 things like this when I was in youth group. I'd signed like a purity covenant. I signed all these different things. And you want to know what? I haven't forgotten a single one of those things. 
You want to know what? I actually followed through on probably all of them, I think. That's even more cool. And you want to know why I was able to do that? Not because I'm a good dog, but because I learned a trick, and it's called self-control. You guys get to do that too. So this is more than a piece of paper. This is more than a piece of paper. This is the decision that you get to make tonight if you want to. And there's no pressure to make it or not. We're not going to look down on you. This is you saying, from this point on, I'm going to own my life. Let me read it to you. Declaration of freedom in Christ. My signature below signifies, I have received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and have been given a spirit of power, love, and self-control. This means I have been given the authority to own my life, my decisions, my relationships, my future, and my faith in Jesus Christ. From now on, I will steward my freedom in Christ through his gift to me of self-control. No more excuses, no more explanations, no more blame shifting, no more complaining, no more playing the victim, no more pretending, all the more power to own my life. That's something to get excited about. So what we're going to do is we're going to hand these little certificates to all of you guys. And what I want you to do is I want you to seriously pray before you sign this thing. And what you're doing when you're signing this thing is you are telling the Lord that you are inviting him to help grow the fruit of self-control. You want to know one of the hardest prayers that I prayed when I was a kid was God teach me patience. Because you want to know what happens when you ask that? He gives you opportunities to be patient. So self-control, as we sign this thing, you're saying, God, teach me self-control. Teach me how to own my life. Now, for those of you in senior high who are going on that retreat this weekend, I'm excited because a lot of the content is going to be about owning your life. All of you guys who are in junior high, you'll always have this opportunity presented to you right now in this moment, tomorrow morning when you wake up. If you don't want to sign it right now, whenever you feel the grace and you say, I want to start owning my life right now, that's when you can sign this thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say a quick little prayer. And while I'm praying, you can pray with me. And if you feel like this is something that you want to do, I want you to sign it. And for right now, we'll turn it back into one of the youth leaders, and we'll hand them back to you. We're just going to turn them in because we want to be able to find out who made this decision tonight so that we can follow up with you and encourage you that, hey, remember? Remember that night, November 4th, when you said, from now on, I'm going to own my life. Well, you have an opportunity in front of you right now. You can blame shift, you can complain, you can make an excuse, or you can own your life. How's that sound? For some of you guys, like, that sounds scary. (laughs) It's kind of like self-control is almost like the fruit of growing up. All right, let's just pray. Jesus, I thank you that it it was in your mind the best idea to take us when we were broken and we were in sin and we were messed up and we were like a bunch of bad dogs. You came, you bought us, and you gave us our freedom to live our lives, to own our lives, and to make all of our decisions. Jesus, I just ask right now that you would move on our, heart, on our hearts, that Holy Spirit, you would come and you would help us to be aware right now in this moment of the opportunity we have in front of us, even right now, to make this declaration that from today on, we will own our lives. So I'll give you like 10 seconds. You can just say your own little prayer. And if you want to sign that thing, you go ahead and sign that thing. If you don't want to sign that thing, you take it home with you. And whenever you're ready to sign it, you, you just turn it back in.
And now, if there's anyone in the room that you're like, today, I want to exercise power by choosing Jesus. If that's you, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand, too, because we, we definitely want to pray for you tonight. So if anyone's in here and you're like, I want to give my life to Jesus today, and I want to take control back. I want to allow myself to have the fruit of self-control. You just slip your hand up or whatever. Come, come find one of us youth leaders afterwards. We'd love to talk with you about that, because that is like a huge decision. Today could be your day where you get all your control back. Dylan, are you collecting as well? All right. If you want to turn yours in, you can just hold it up in the air, and Dylan will come and grab those things from you. Come on. This is amazing. You guys are like the best little bunch of cute puppies I've ever seen in my life. What an amazing trick. So here's the last thing I want to tell you guys, and then we're going to exercise some self-control with all the sugar that's waiting for us over here. <laughs> or maybe there's freedom to have no control and eat all the sugar that you want. I don't know. So this is what I want to tell you guys, is that in your self-control, this really amazing things happen because guess what? You're going to get it wrong sometimes. Everybody say, I'm not always going to choose rightly. Sometimes I'm going to make bad decisions. And I can exercise self-control to forgive myself and receive the grace that I need to be powerful again. All right? So everybody just put your hands out and say, Jesus, we receive self-control. We love it. We want to learn it. And we want it to look just like you. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.